0: And a very good Monday evening, everybody. Joe Beningo back with you again. The older oh, The Pain podcast. It is Monday, August 15th, 2022. The Joe Beningo older oh, The Pain podcast, of course, brought to you by the Hackensack Brewing Company, by KZ Sports Marketing, and of course, Anita Discount Tire. I just sang a little close to you, to my wife. She wasn't happy about it. Not a big fan of the Carpenters and Karen Carpenter. Uh, I want to... Um, I want to thank everybody, all the kind words with me uh, back on the fan last week with Evan. And, of course, uh, I'll be uh, doing a little full-time, part-time, full-time, or whatever you want to call it, uh, starting Saturday, September the 11th. uh, Excuse me, September the 10th. Evan and I will be together again on Saturdays. Um, It'll be football Saturdays like it used to be football Fridays. So uh, looking forward to that again, September 10th, as uh, Evan and I get together again on Saturdays on WFAN. All right, we'll get to all the baseball, the completely smoking red-hot New York Mets, the not-so-red-hot New York Yankees. We'll get into all of that. But I got to open with the injury to Zach Wilson that we saw on uh, Friday night in the preseason game. We actually beat the Eagles, which they've never done in regular season. Uh, But nevertheless, so when I saw the injury, when you first see this injury, and we all know, you're watching football a long time. When you see a guy go down with a non-contact injury, generally that means it's pretty bad. You know, you could generally write it off that that's season-ending injury when you get a non-contact injury. Now, it doesn't look like that's the case with Wilson. He's actually they're actually flying him to LA. So, can you explain this to me? Why the hell do the Jets have to fly him across the country to Los Angeles to get this operation on his knee? They can't do it in New York. I mean, I, I that makes no sense to me. But nevertheless, they're flying him to L.A. to get his knee done. And I guess we'll find out more. I mean, right now they're talking about, what, a, a six-week injury, something like that, four to six or whatever it is. I don't see any way, even with the best-case scenario for Wilson's knee, I don't see any way that he's starting opening day against the Ravens on September 11th. I don't see it at all. I think Joe Flacco will be the quarterback that day. Uh, you know, who knows when we see Zach, maybe we see him week three, week four, week three against the Bengals, week four against Pittsburgh, whatever. We'll see how it plays out. But when I saw the injury go down, I really wasn't that upset about it. I mean, I'm upset. I don't want to see the kid be hurt, but I don't think it really affects the team as far as how they're going to, you know, as far as wins and losses are going. Because to me, you can win with Flacco. And right now, Joe Flacco, maybe, dare I say, at 38 years old or whatever he is, might be a better quarterback than Zach Wilson. And you also got Mike White there. And God knows, I mean, I'd love to see Mike White get a real shot to be the starting quarterback. I don't know if the Jets are ever going to do that. You know, they didn't give him a fair enough shot last year. You know, the the great game against the Bengals, the not so great game against Buffalo, and then... You know, after he throws a touchdown pass to tie up that game against the Colts on a on a Thursday night, he's, he's, uh, he's hurt again. And we really didn't see him again after that. So I don't think he ever really got a fair shot. I'd like to see White get a fair shot, but they're not going to start him opening day. It's going to be and, – and it's a great storyline. Joe Flacco starting against the team he won the Super Bowl with, Super Bowl MVP back in 2012, the Baltimore Ravens. So I'm really not flipping out about the injury to Wilson. And I don't know, about, and, I, and I'll say this too, and I understand Wilson's the, the quarterback of the future and all it is, but if they went on to win, and dare I say that that's gonna, this is going to happen, but if they went on, let's say Wilson didn't play all year, and I don't think that's what's going to be the case, but let's say he didn't, and Flacco's the quarterback, and they go on and win 10 games with Joe Flacco. Would you really be that upset about that? Would you Would you as a Jet fan? I want to win games. I don't give a damn who the quarterback is. Now, we ne- eventually, you know, need a franchise, young franchise quarterback. And we'll find out whether or not it's Zach. But that's my overall feeling. And let me ask you this question as a Jet fan too. Let's say Wilson's ready to go week three against the Bengals. But somehow, some way, the Jets are 2-0. and Let's say Flacco plays great. They beat the Ravens, right? Everybody goes, oh, they beat the, Ra-. beat the Ravens with Flacco. And they go to Cleveland, uh, a Cleveland team without uh, Deshaun Watson. And they knock off the Browns, and they're two and zero going into Week Three against the Bengals. Does Zach Wilson play? If he's ready to play, what happens then? Very interesting. Well, I, I, we're really getting way ahead of ourselves. We have no idea what the issue is going to be. We're going to find out later on today whether Zach's okay or not. But I, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know how would that be handled. We'll find out. We'll see. Because that should only be the scenario. That the Jets are 2-0 and no matter who the damn quarterback is. Uh, you know, as they head to week three at home against Cincinnati. But uh, just very, very interesting. Like I said, I know we're getting way ahead of ourselves. But I was not that like, oh, my God, it's over. Zach's done for the year. If it... No, I, I wasn't thinking that at all. Because to me, they got two very capable quarterbacks that they can win with. And two quarterbacks that, who knows, might be better than Zach. And I don't think it's crazy to say that. So... We'll see what happens along the lines with Zach. He's getting the operation today. They had to fly him to L.A. Again, I don't get that. I mean, they don't have doctors in New York that can handle this? What? I mean, really? Maybe a doctor in Philly? or Maybe they could fly him to Boston? They got to fly him to L.A.? I'm surprised they didn't fly him to to, uh, Tokyo to get this thing done. But whatever. (laughs) We'll find out what the deal is with Zach. And then there's the injury to to Makai Becton. And I don't think I really got into this. Is anybody really surprised about this with Beckton? I mean, how could how could the Jets possibly go into the season thinking, no, no problem, Beckton's going to be the right tackle, and he's going to play all year. You know, he's going to play, let's say, even uh, 12 out of 17 games. Was anybody thinking that with Beckton? And, you know, you feel bad for the guy. I mean, you know, he's had nothing but one injury after another. But let's, let's be real. This, 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 The first draft that Joe Douglas had was a disaster. Everybody talks about, oh, you know, last year's draft was really good. And, you know, we'll see what Zach is. And, you know, on paper, the draft they had this year was fabulous. Sauce Gardner, Garrett Wilson. We go right down the line. You know, Jermaine Johnson. Oh, and we hope it's great. I mean, on paper, it looks great. But the bottom line is. That the first ever draft Joe Douglas had was an absolute disaster. Was a complete failure. You've got nothing out of Makai Becton. Now he's done for the year again. Denzel Mims thinks. Did you see, did you see the preseason game? If you watch the preseason, I don't watch a lot of it. I was in and out. It's preseason. I don't get that excited about it. You know that. I mean? But Mims is in, in the second half. I'm watching it basically because the Met game was on Apple TV that night and I couldn't watch it on normal television, all right? And to me, it's a waste of time to sign up for Apple TV for maybe 10 games during the regular season. So, you know, I would have been watching a Met game, but nevertheless, so I'm watching the Jets, and Mims is in the game, right? Immediately, he's in the game, and Mims gets called for an illegal formation penalty because he's not covering the tight end. I mean, just unbelievable. And then, like, two plays later, uh, I figure, who's the quarterback? Was it Mike White? I think Mike White was in there. Maybe it was the other guy. I forget the other guy's name. But anyway, Mike White throws him a pass right in his hands, and Mims drops it. What a shock! This guy stinks. They got to cut him. Second round draft choice. They could have drafted Chase Claypool, but you know Joe Douglas was going to show you how smart he is. So he drafts this absolute stiff Mims with the second pick. So you've gotten nothing out of the first pick with with Beckton from two years, from Douglas's first draft. Nothing out of the second pick with Mims, who's just who can't play in the NFL. And your third pick was Ashton Davis. I mean, you know, remember the Swiss Army not kn- Swiss Army knife it's supposed to be so great. Oh my god, please. You know, nobody's nobody's uh, mistaken Ashton Davis for Troy Palomalo playing safety, okay? Can we let's let's get that out of the way. So that first draft was an absolute bust. No other way to say it. And the Jets should have been prepared for this with then. You should have known everybody. I knew it. Every If you're a Jet fan, you knew. You had no confidence that Beckton was going to be, A, healthy, or, B, any good, or could stay on the field. Right? No, no confidence whatsoever. They should have drafted one of those tackles with their first pick in the first round. I, I, I'm very happy with Sauce Gardner. God knows he can only turn. Please, can he turn into the second coming of Darrell Revis? I'll settle for Jalen Ramsey. <clears throat> All right? But he better be at least that good. But the first draft by Joe Douglas, if everybody wants to kiss Joe Douglas's rear end. The first draft by Joe Douglas was an, uh, an uh, a complete and utter failure. No other way to say it. So we'll see what happens. I'm not panicking with the uh, with the state of the of the Jets because I think they can win games with Flacco, and uh, we'll take our chances there. We'll see. He's looked good in practice. If you mean, if that you know means anything to you, it doesn't mean much to me. But nevertheless. So we'll see what happens with Zach. I don't see any way that he's starting opening day. And uh, we'll see how that plays out going forward. All right. The uh, Joe Beningo Oda Payne podcast. We'll get to the baseball coming up in a second. You know, the Hackensack Brewing Company. Don't forget, I got a big weekend coming up. Opening weekend of the NFL. Uh, I'll be doing my picks on Thursday night with JJ on his podcast. Great John Jastrzemski. And then Friday night. It will be on next Friday night, September 9th, on next uh, uh, live podcast from the Hackensack Brewing Company. John Jastrzemski will be there. Brian Costello of The Post will be there. We'll be breaking it all down. Uh, you know the brewing company. Mike Jones, everybody do a great job there. TJ, Herb, Andre, everybody. And they're going to be breaking out a a brand new beer at the Hackensack Brewing Company. Of course, I wish I could drink it. I can't with my state of my, my wonderful body. But the Hackensack Brewing Company, a new beer, is going to be the Oda Payne Brew, I guess. I don't know. And it's basically <laughs> named after me, so they'll be unveiling it. I think September 2nd, they're unveiling it. But it'll be ready to go on uh, that night, September 9th. So uh, September 9th, our next live uh, live broadcast from the Hackensack Brewing Company, and you know the deal, 10 minutes off the George Washington Bridge, less than 30 seconds off Route 4, Hackensack's lovely Fairmont neighborhood. The tap rooms open 4.30 to 10, Monday through Friday, 2 to 10, Saturday, 12 to 8. Sundays, 78 Johnson Avenue, Hackensack, New Jersey, right behind the tombstones. Still no tombstone for me. But when you're there, go check out the tombstone of this woman who I guess is still alive. And underneath the, the little caption on the tombstone, it says, I'm dead, now what? So make sure <laughs> that you check out the tombstones at the Hackensack Brewing Company. And again, that'll be a big weekend for me. Thursday night picks with J.J., Friday at the Brewing Company, our next live pro- uh, podcast. And then uh, on the 10th, the Saturday, the 10th, my debut on Saturday with Evan uh, back on WFAM will be on from 10th to 2. Sunday, of course, opening day. I'll be at opening day. It's going to be the Homish book is going to be there uh, for opening day against the Ravens uh, at MetLife. And then Monday, I will be making my debut on the fan again uh, doing a, a jet spot. I'm going to do it every Monday during the football season with – uh, Brandon Tierney and Tiki Barber. So, very, very big weekend for me. Let's hope I survive it. And uh, all of that uh, going forward. But don't forget again, uh, Friday night, September 9th, our next live podcast at the Hackensack Brewing Company, seventy-eight Johnson Avenue in Hackensack. Let me also bring in KZ Sports Marketing, Kenny Zor. You know the deal. Helps me book pet, uh, guests on the Yoda Payne podcast. Uh, if you're looking to secure your favorite athlete or celebrity for any event, could be a charity function, golf, a corporate golf adding, in-store autograph appearance, the whole deal. Give Kenny a call, KZ Sports Marketing, 516-996-7616. Uh, you can call him on his cell phone. Again, 516-996-7616. You can text him the whole deal. Simply visit kzsportsmarketing.com. Now, I continue to to pinch myself. On how good the Mets are. I mean, I, I just—oh my God! If you're a Mets fan right now. You, you're delirious. 75 and 40, 35 games over 500. They have a five and a half game lead over the Braves in the East, the National League East. Six games in a loss column. They come off this weekend series where they took two out of three from the Phillies. This uh, 11 game homestand, they went nine and eleven. Uh, excuse me, nine and eleven, nine and two on the 11 game homestand. They are playing just absolutely unconscious baseball right now. There's no other way to say it. A great uh, two out of three from the Phillies over the weekend where they shut the Phillies out over the last 18 innings, uh, the last two games of this series. The 1-0 shutout behind DeGrom and uh, the bullpen uh, on Saturday night. And then uh, yesterday beating them 6 nothing behind Bassett and a bunch of guys out of the bullpen eventually closed out by Adam Adovino. You're nuts. How about the fact that the Mets have not lost a series to any National League East teams all year? They they split that one series early in the year, four-game series with the Braves, two and two. And, of course, starting tonight, got a big four-game series with Atlanta. Again, by the way, Atlanta has won six straight since the Mets beat them four out of five last weekend at City Field. So Atlanta continues to play great baseball. They just swept the Marlins over the weekend, beat them yesterday. Uh, 3-1, they scored three runs in the top of the ninth inning to overcome that one-nothing deficit down in Miami. So the Braves have continued to play terrific baseball. And all the Mets really need to do here is take two out of four against Atlanta, split the four-game series. As I mentioned, they got a five-and-a-half game lead, six in the loss column, <clears throat> and that's what they got to do. But, you know, they they're eight and four this year so far against Atlanta. But think about that. They've dominated against the division. I think their record is something like 37-14 and against the NL East, the rest of the NL East. They have not lost a series in the NL East this year. And I think only two other teams have ever done it in the history of baseball where they did not lose a series to their division rivals. The 1970 Cincinnati Reds, who went on to win the National League pennant, they did lose the World Series to to the Orioles that year in five and also the 1999 Atlanta Braves, who also won the National League pennant, and they wound up losing the World Series. They got swept in four by the Yankees that year, uh, the Yankees in the middle of their dynasty that was uh, uh, on their way to three straight uh, world championships. So, you know, that's pretty pretty good company to be with. So we'll see. But the Mets have dominated the division. I mean, it's unbelievable what they've done. 35 games over 500. You got it. You, you're pitching yourself. And now that the Grom is back, just look at this rotation the Mets have. And that's really been the strength of the team. I mean, there's no doubt. I mean, look, they played great baseball. They have been they played excellent defense, clutch hitting. You know, they, they they don't strike out a lot. They're not a big home run hitting team, but they put the bat on the ball. They've been uh, big getting. Two out hits have been, you know, two out hits for their score runs all year. We've seen that. Uh, unbelievable what the Mets have done. I think their third overall in Major League Baseball in runs scored this year. So, and they're doing it without hitting a lot of home runs. But unbelievable, the starting rotation. And now you look at Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett. They, you know, all pitched over the weekend. Even though the Mets lost that game, Scherzer pitched. He gave up just one run in seven innings. They wound up losing it in extra innings. Remember that big play at the plate where Marte got thrown out uh, on, a, on a potential sack fly by uh, Daniel Vogel back. That really in the bottom they would have won that game in the bottom of the ninth inning, but they wound up losing it in extra innings. But Scherzer only gave up one run in seven innings. The Grom gave up just one run, uh, excuse me, one run, no runs in six innings, and they wound up uh, shutting them out there. And then of course yesterday, Bassett got out of some trouble, only pitched five innings, but again did not allow a run, and in the bullpen did the job the rest of the way. Edwin Diaz has been off the charts, phenomenal. A little shaky in that save on Saturday night. Still wound up getting it done when all was said and done. I think he's had 27 saves right now, and he's got to be in—he's got to be in there with Sandy Alcantara as far as the uh, conversation for the uh, Cy Young Award is concerned right now. But Mets continue to play great baseball. Can't say enough about Buck Showalter. Yeah, again, if you're a Met fan, you're just—you're just out and out delirious of how they're playing baseball right now. And how about the moves at the? De- how big an upgrade? Has the DH spot been with the moves that Billy Eppler made, bringing Vogel back in here? No home, not a, another home run yesterday. Uh, you know, Vogelbrecht from the left side, Darren Ruff from the right side. You know, Tyler Nakwin, who's come in and, pl- and played great for them, uh, as another outfielder, he's been terrific. Although Canna played yesterday and had a big game, couple hits, big two out of RBI, uh, to give him a two nothing lead early in the game. Uh, you just can't say enough. I mean, what an upgrade the DH spot has been. Over Dom Smith and JD Davis. I mean, it, these guys are ready in a short period of time. Vogelback and Ruff have done more than Davis and, and Smith did, you know, in the first, you know, 60, 60% of the year. So, got to be thrilled about that. No doubt the Mets continue to hit on all cylinders, but their starting rotation is humble. Is I mean, really, think about it, it's off the charts. Scherzer, DeGrom, Bassett, Cookie Carrasco, who's won 13 games this year. He's going to pitch tonight against Atlanta in the first game of that series. And uh, then Tyquan Walker, who's uh, won 10 games already. So the four games against Atlanta, you got Carrasco tonight, Walker tomorrow, Scherzer Wednesday, the Gram on Thursday. Pretty good. So we'll see how they do. Like I said, all you need to do is split the four games. You got a six-game loss column lead on Atlanta. You know, Get out of Atlanta, still five and a half games in front, and, you know, you'll be feeling good. This is a little tough stretch for the Mets because they got, you know, they come off the two out of three against Philadelphia that they won. And Philly was red hot coming into this too, by the way, and the Mets really called them off. They only scored two runs in one earned run, two runs in three games there. But the Mets have a four-game series with Atlanta. Then they go for three more against Philly again next weekend at Citizens Bank. And then they play two Monday and Tuesday with the Yankees, at Yankee Stadium uh, after the Mets, of course, won the first two uh, against the Yankees at Citi Field. So a little tough spot right now as far as the schedule is concerned. After that, there's September. And they, do, they do play the Dodgers again in August. They got a four-game series with the Dodgers coming up at Citi Field. But once you get to September, boy, the, the schedule really, really lightens up for the Mets in September. So uh, they're on their way, 75-40. and 40. You pinch yourself every day. And a big series starting tonight against the Braves in Atlanta with Cookie Carrasco on the mound. So And he's pitched very, very well of late. Like I said, 13-4 and uh, uh, on the season so far. All right, let's not forget, before we get to the Yankees, let's talk a little bit about um, my buddies over at uh, Anita Discount Tire in uh, Rivervale, New Jersey. You know, my son son Johnny does a great job. Just came back from Punta Conta, by the way. Does a great job. He'll be back there today uh, running the show. Uh, his boss, um, Ari, does a great job as well. Terrific boss. Go check him out. You need tires. You need any work done on your car. You know the place to go is Anita Discount Tire, Rivervale, New Jersey. Go check it out. Tell him Beningo sent you, and uh, you'll be happy that you did. They'll uh, they'll take care of you there. And they'll take care of you there, and they'll do it. Uh, they'll do it right for you, and they'll do it at an affordable price as well. All right, the Yankees, boy, I tell you, the Yankees are really reeling right now. They lose two out of three again over the weekend to the Red Sox at Fenway and really didn't hit. Didn't hit at all. What did they score? How many runs? They won that game the other night, Saturday, 3-2. to two. They lost. What was the final score of the game Friday? They didn't score much in that game. What was it, 2-1, 3-2? They lost that game. They got shut out 3 nothing yesterday by Michael Walker, uh, of all people, with the Red Sox. And the Yankees are just not playing well. They're three and nine so far in August. Uh, I forget what their record is since the All Star break. It's not very good. I think they're ten games under five hundred since the All Star break. Now they still have a big lead in the division because they still got a ten game lead in the in the American League East, and they're going to win the American League East. There's no doubt about it. But right now they look like a very very vulnerable team. They really do. They're really not hitting outside of Aaron Judge and his forty six home runs and a unconscious year he's having. They're they, offensively, they look they don't look good at all. Now they really missed Giancarlo Stanton. I mean, I you know, I know the Yankee fans have really never totally warmed up to Giancarlo, but what a difference that lineup is when he's not in it. He's a presence in the lineup. He was having a very good year. He's not hitting for a high average, but a lot of home runs, RBIs. Really a presence in the lineup behind Aaron Judge. They missed Giancarlo Stanton. There's no question about that. And they miss him big time. And we'll see when he – I don't know when he's coming back. Who knows? But the Yankees right now, you know, offensively, they're a very top-heavy offensive team. You know, they get it it from Judge. They get it from Stanton when he's there. Rizzo, LeMayu's hit. After that, you you haven't gotten a lot. I know Trevino has been an all-star catcher. He's been a big surprise for the Yankees. But their offense after the top guys, really, you know, what have they really gotten? You know, you're getting really very little at all, almost nothing from Aaron Hicks. Uh, Andrew Benatendi so far has really not hit for the Yankees since they brought him in. You know, he's yeah, he's been – he had a one for 20 to start his Yankee career, hit a little better lately, but still not hit the way you want him to hit uh, to this point. You've gotten really nothing out of Gleyber Torres. I mean, to me, Gleyber Torres has been a major disappointment for the Yankees. No way has he been the guy – this guy was – when they got him in that deal from the Cubs, you know, they were talking about Gleyber Torres in the same vein. They talk about Juan Soto right now. And, you know, he is not that by any stretch of the imagination. You know, I think he's been a big disappointment. You know, kind of has actually been pretty good. The one game they won the other night in Fenway, you know, um, uh, what is it? I What do they call him, IKF? He, he, he drove in every run. He had a two-run home run, his first home run of the year, and he had a, an RBI base hit as well uh, to drive in the third run. might have been a sack fly, whatever it is. He drove in all three runs in that game in the only game they won over the weekend at Fenway against the red Sox. So, you know, Yankees right now, you know, you really, once you get away from the big guys, you know, the, the top guys in the order, you're not getting a lot. And you got to be concerned about that. They've not played well. The pitching's been okay. You know, it's kind of been up and down. Nesta Cortez has clearly been their best starter so far. The bullpen has come back down to earth. Clay Holmes has, you know, has come back down to reality there in the back end of the bullpen The Yankees are going to win the division. You know, there's no doubt. I mean, like I said, they still got a 10-game lead in the division. I don't see any way that they don't do that. But, you know, you got to be a little worried about them. Houston is past them right now in the American League for the best record in the the American League. And if that uh, ALCS does come to fruition like we all think it's going to, if that ALCS comes to fruition right now, the Yankees, would actually, uh, you know, the home field advantage would be in Houston. A seven, a seventh game in an ALCS against the Astros would be at the Yankees' personal chambers of horror and uh, personal chamber of horror, And That, of course, is Minute Maid Park in Houston. So we'll see how that all plays out. But you got to be a little concerned about the Yankees. You really do. They got a big series coming up against Tampa this week. Remember, they played the Mets next week. A couple games. Uh, you know. So we'll see. I think they got Toronto in there too. I think they got the Tampa, Toronto, and the Mets coming up over the next, you know, week and a half or so. So uh, some tough games coming up. The Yankees have not played great against the better teams in baseball. They really haven't. They lost five out of seven to Houston. The Mets beat them the two games they played against them so far. They got swept last weekend by the Cardinals in St. Louis. They've lost four out of six to the Seattle Mariners, who who are on their way to a, uh, a playoff spot right now, wild card spot, you know. The Red Sox haven't been great, but, you know, you look what they've done against Boston. They've lost, they lose two out of three over the weekend to Boston. Uh, They've lost four out of five. The last five games they played at Fenway, they've lost to the Red Sox, and this is a Red Sox team that's under 500 right now. So, you know, the Yankees right now reeling a little bit and have not played great baseball against the better teams in MLB. So, we'll see how uh, all that plays out uh, when all is said and done, but. Got to be a little concerned about him. You really do. You've got to be a little worried right now about, about the Yankees. They'll win the division, no doubt about it. But uh, let's see uh, how it all plays out from here. All right. go the uh, Older oh, Pain podcast. It is a uh, Monday. It is August 15th, and it is uh, 2022. You know, one more thing before we leave. Uh, right now, my golf game is really in the toilet. I got to tell you. You know, I played golf yesterday with a couple of my buddies, Joe Jett, Tommy Keenan, and did something I've never done before. Now, I've, I've had a couple nice accomplishments on the golf course. I do have two holes in one, which is hard, hard to believe You you think about it. Two holes in one, no doubt. But I did something I never did yesterday. No, I didn't go out there and, and break 80. I didn't do anything like, no, 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 no. I didn't go out there and put up like, you know, five or six birdies. No, 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 I didn't do that. I did have a birdie, but still, you know, big deal. No, I did something yesterday. We played at Valley Brook and Rivervale, Okay, eleven lost balls. That's right. Let me say this again, and I'm pr- I'm damn proud of it. <laughs> you know, I got two plaques up for my holes in one. I'm seriously <laughs> thinking about putting the plaque up. Yesterday, right? What was yesterday? The fourteenth, August fourteenth, twenty twenty two. Eleven lost balls. Who died? Come on. How many guys have lost 11 balls over an 18-hole span? That's almost losing a ball a (laughs) hole. Think about it. And I'm proud of it. All right? You got a problem with that? My first two swings of the day, both in the water. My last hole, my last two swings of the day, both in the water. Now, that's consistency, right? (laughs) Is that consistency? Come on. First two swings in the water, last two swings in the water, and seven balls in between. That either wound up in the water or in the woods, so I'm I'm proud. I'm proud. Not a lot of people can say that they lost 11 balls uh, playing golf, but I can say that two holes in one and 11 balls lost in a round. So really, really, that that's that's damn good. Not a lot of people can can make that statement. So I'm, my like my wife is saying that's consistency. <laughs> And right now, I'm worse than everybody out there. I can think of only one person right now, and I'm not going to say his name because I love him. I think I can think of only one person right now that is actually a worse golfer than I am. Only one. I'm not going to say his name. I love the guy. All right. I'm not going to mention who he is. You see him on TV, he's all over the place. He's very loud, he's very wired, you know, got a lot of energy. He's a big Yankee fan. <laughs> he's a big Dolphin fan. <laughs> By the way, how about the isn't it amazing the Dolphin? We all have much time left. How the Dolphin fans all think this team's on their way to the Super Bowl? That Tua's the next air Marino. That whoever this coach is, I forget the guy's name, McCarthy, McCormick, whatever the hell his name is. McDaniel, I don't know his name. Whatever. Not Josh. That he's the next Don Schuller. It's amazing how the Dolphin fans are always every year. Oh, they got Tyreek Hill. We're on our way. Oh my God. Tyreek will be begging for Andy Reid by about uh, week seven. Anyway, all right, I got to leave. Everybody, enjoy your week. All the love. Oda Pain, the podcast, the whole deal. Let's go Mets. I'll talk to you on Friday. All the love.